0: Everybody, and welcome to the new Geek Actually episode one hundred and fourteen for the eighth of January two thousand and eleven. I am Dave McVeigh and I am joined for the new year by Josh Philpot. How are you, like, Josh? Like
1: really joined though? Like I'm standing there like, yeah, staring we're at right you. Here. This <laughs> is just freaking me the hell out. Um, yeah, everything feels a little off. It does right a little bit. Now.
0: Also, I'm usually wearing headphones, but it's actually too hot today. I would yeah. wear headphones because it actually makes me feel like I've got that radio voice going on, but it's too hot. Yeah, my ears will sweat. <laughs> So, so I had to take my uh, my headphones off for the show. That, so, and
1: you haven't exactly given me any headphones Yeah, yeah, that's right there. Oh, really? These those, ones those over here. Those are yours right all there.
0: Right, there cool. Number two, right there. All right, there.
1: okay, cool. We got it. But it's too hot today. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, so uh, while we're here just chatting away, I guess we should explain just a little bit what's, sure, what new not? formats and so forth. Um, why we, are
1: we doing it new and oh, different?
0: Because uh, we kind of, I, well, as far as I, I was looking at, I think we kind of lost sight of what Geek actually was. Right. And Geek actually was supposed to be basically your in geek or mm. weekend geekdom or geekness or whatever you want to call it. And we kind of broke the show up last year because we thought well if we separate it all up, we'll have all these individual shows and everything will be much more focused and all this sort of stuff. And you know what? It all just felt a little bit diluted. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit diluted. And some of our best material was being slipped away into the after show and nobody was listening to the after show, quite frankly. It was just kind of sliding away there and it was kind of sad. So um, I got... Uh, 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 well, at the end of last year, we decided that we would kind of combine them together. And then while I was uh, on holidays over this last two weeks, by the way, Happy New Year to everyone, I uh, uh, got sick. And I was uh, laying there in my my fever haze and thinking about all the things that we needed to do to make things better. And it occurred to me that uh, we needed to simplify. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, Because we had gone kind of crazy video show wise we were kind of making it this television show but our audience was audio so it's like our our goals were not matching our activity (laughs) in any way shape or form so um, I thought well we'll simplify this down we'll simplify the studio we'll put us into a two-shot just for the video we're not going to worry about camera switching we're just going to concentrate on the majority of our listeners, and we're not going to neglect our video, guys. You're there. Our chat room is going. We've only got a few in today. I'm kind of not surprised. It's People are still on the holiday and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Delta sends his apologies. He did send his links through, but he's not available to come into the chat room today, so he won't be here. Um, but he did send some good links that we're going to talk about. And so basically what we've done is we've created this show, which was just simply called, as it originally was back two and a half years ago, Geek Actually. Right. So for the moment, we're just, we're for the next few weeks, we're the all-new geek, actually, because we are reformatted. New but and improved. Like and the cherry flavor, except that's for
1: right. we weren't disappearing to obscurity.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, and this is basically a show that's going to combine the old tech actually show with the old after show, pressed together into kind of a much more conversational approach. Uh, we have a bunch of show links, uh, the Delta us that I find and so forth, and what we'll do is we're going to go as discussion points, to get us started off, and we'll see what, where these things lead us. If we end up talking about one topic the entire show, well, so be it. That's the way the show mm-hmm. works. Um, so we're going to see how we go with all this anyway. And we do have some tech news, and we do have some geek stuff. Basically, we really want it just to be this conversational weekend geek.
2: Mm.
0: Now, because we've got some spare time, because we've only got two shows now, about once a month, once every few, you know, five weeks, six weeks, we're probably going to start putting out specials. And,
1: and they're going to be awesome.
0: They're going to be awesome. Now, these were spawned by. Um, we actually sat down and watched the film Troll 2 and the documentary Best Worst Movie.
1: Yes, we did. <laughs> and that was um, an experience. And it was an
0: experience. And we thought, after doing that, we had these big, long discussions about those films. And we started talking about Dario Gento. And we started talking about all this stuff. And we started thinking, do you know what we should do? We should have these movie nights or nights where we do things. Could be a gaming night. Could be anything. Mm. Geek nights. And uh, what we'll do is just we report will...
1: report on them.
0: Report on them, basically. Yeah, We'll have a, a special hour, hour and a half where we get together and we just chat about what we discovered and what we learned and you know what we saw and what have you. Yeah. So they should be kind of fun, too. And James from Melbourne has just said what we should do is do some commentary tracks for films. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I've listened to a couple of podcasts who have put together some commentary tracks and they're such a good idea. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably organize something like that as well. So... That's what I've been doing in my sick-induced haze over the holidays. What have you been doing, Josh?
1: I'm trying to, like, it's been weird. It's kind of, um, we finished the year, and um, then when we finished up with that, then we had Arbiter, and that took about Mm -hmm. a week or two after that. We should
0: explain what Arbiter is. We will
1: get there. Um, And uh, sort of when that finished, uh, I kind of took a holiday and stopped doing everything. and. Restarting the motor has been real hard. Like I, I
0: found the same thing. It's been uh, look. It's been a very long two weeks, though.
1: Dis- so. Like you just feel like you're not all connected again, and mm. you're trying to. And it's like um, I've been spending a lot of time trying to. Uh, sort of find all the news stories and sort of pull myself back into the world of news. But, uh, yeah, the first few weeks were a little bit odd. Mm. It's just that and kind you, of... you
0: restarted DLC again this week yeah uh, well. we,
1: we started DLC. Look, our first DLC show was uh, really, really all over the place. And, like, not, not, <laughs> no, not necessarily in a bad way. The second half of the show was great. Like, very, you know, sort of normal and back to the thing. But just restarting it, we kind of launched and we, you know, started the show and there was no kind of running like order like mm. we would usually have like you kind of have a set pattern of what you want in your head and it just wasn't there yeah. and we kind of just chatted for a while and then we were like we need to start talking about show stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's weird it's that start of the year thing it's like some people don't take the break and i think the break's really good because you feel refreshed but there's that weird first bit, we, like this re- bit.
0: we really needed the break i mean yep. we were really at the by the end of last year i think we were just exhausted it had just taken its toll on us but mm. um and we're doing the three shows combined mm. and everything else so we'll see how this goes now we do encourage feedback um, as much feedback as possible. This show, being a new format, compressing the tech and the geek together, we encourage you to tell us where we're going right, where we're going wrong. We encourage you to tell us what you think about it. If you've got, if you find particular geeky things that you want uh, to talk about, please. Any of this stuff. At the moment, we're still using the same feedback line, but we will be getting dedicated email addresses for Film Actually and Geek Actually. At the moment, everything is just feedback at geekactually.com. So just send it to feedback at geekactually.com. Or we have a, uh, we do have. Have a voicemail line, but for stuff that is like um, suggestions for the show and stuff, that's probably best coming in via email mm-hmm. um, or Twitter. You can always Twitter me as well, uh, David McVeigh at twitter.com. Uh, so no, not Dave McVeigh. That's not it at all, is it? It's twitter.com forward slash Dave McVeigh. That's what it is. Uh, and our voicemail line is 0280113167 for those who want that as well. Mm. All right. So, yeah, basically uh, this show is meant to just be uh, a recap of Our Week in Geek. The only thing it doesn't really cover, but it will, you know, occasionally things are going to crop up. Mm. But the thing it doesn't really cover is uh, film. Mm. Um, because we have a dedicated film show. And that show's uh, established, and that show's got an audience, and that show's got a format, and that's going to stay exactly the same. So, Now, the other thing I will stress for anybody who is listening to or were Tech Actually listeners, this show has just shown up on your feed, okay? Mm. because you're obviously listening to it, so you've heard it. Uh, this show is going to go out on both the Tech Actually and the Geek Actually feeds on iTunes for the first few weeks. Mm. Uh, this is just so that the Tech Actually people don't just go, what happened? Mm. They need to know. So this is the new tech actually. And if you want to continue listening to this, Mm. then you need to resubscribe to the geek actually feed because in a few weeks, that's going to be the only one that takes it. Mm. Okay, so just get that out of the way. And of course, if you want to watch us live, we started around 12pm Saturday, Australian Eastern Time, uh, geekactually.com forward slash live. And you Mm. can follow us there. Just go to geekactually.com. All information is there. All right, let's get into some stories. Uh, just a reminder that uh, our stories come from both of us doing research and Delta Knight aka Dave Murray who is our researcher for the after show has come over to this show and he sends us a whole bunch of stuff as well so we've got a combination of the two Um, and I thought we would start with probably the for us, one of the biggest tech stories. In Australia. In yes. Australia. And and for us at Geek, actually, because we have harped on about this for a year and a half now, uh, which is the Attorney General's uh, news.com.au uh, wrote the story. Now, Geek Betty, uh, one of our long-term listeners, sent me the link to the actual classification board, and I'll read that in a minute. Um, she sent me that a couple of days ago but first of all news.com. and I was a bit confused because when I read this link I thought oh so the Attorney Generals have met about the R rating it looks like they are going to review it mm. I misunderstood
2: Yeah.
0: I found this report on news.com.au which actually says that apparently the Attorney Generals um, uh, Attorney General Robert McClelland uh, announced the review today this was yep. uh, what is this this is uh, December 21st he announced the review Of the entire classification system because the attorneys generals couldn't decide. Yeah. It got to a point where stalemate had been reached. They couldn't decide. And so the federal government, who we reported last year, uh, saying that they actually did support the R rating, have now turned around and said, screw this.
1: Yeah. Review it. Sort your shit out. Sort your shit out.
0: Get it ready. Get it reviewed. And so they have called for a full-on reform review of the entire classification system for all media yeah video dvd digital download um now i don't know if this is relating to like online gaming they don't mention that but they do talk about digital download uh things like itunes movies you know all the the legitimate forms of digital download um basically what they're saying is that the uh classification system is out of date last time it was reviewed was the days of vhs yeah so uh As they point out in this article, in fact, let me read the press statement, because the press statement is actually very interesting. Uh, A joint attorney general, federal government, breast, uh, breast, breast, (laughs) breast, um, press statement came out. And you can actually find this. We've got the links on our show notes. Um, It was released by the Honorable Robert McClellan, MP, and the Minister for Home Affairs, uh, Honorable Brendan O'Connor. Uh, it reads Attorney General Robert McClellan Minister of Home Affairs Brendan O'Connor will ask the Australian Law Reform Commission to conduct a review of the classification in Australia in light of changes in technology, media convergence and the global availability of media content quote Mr. McClellan says as Australia's foremost law reform institution the ALRC is well suited to lead this important work the commission previously conducted an inquiry into laws relating to the classification and censorship now O'Connor went on to say and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but one of the most important things he said was, it has become increasingly clear that the system of classification in Australia needs to be modernized so it is able to accommodate developments in technology now and in the future. When the national classification scheme began, classifiable content and the way it was delivered to consumers was relatively static. Yeah. Um, now, he says, today, films can be watched in cinema, on DVD or TV, or downloaded. Many video games include significant film segments to tell stories, and mm. some films have interactive content. The National Broadband Network will increase this ready access to classifiable content. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes on.
1: Well, look, I mean, it's really nice to see, though, that at least they're really aware of that. Absolutely. Like, it just... It's nice to see that not everyone in our government is completely archaic. You know, it's (laughs) like... It's nice to see somebody sat down and going, wait, people are downloading things now. And it's Well, look,
0: it finally shows... uh, It's like a light bulb went off in their heads. They've been to-and-frowing and froing and backwards and forwards in these arguments for so long now, mm. and suddenly somebody went, you know what? The world is a different place. Yeah. And things happen differently now, and we have a different sensibility to things. Maybe it's time we reflect
1: that. Well, this is what I don't understand, because even the people that are standing there and going against it, and we've ratted on about this, so I'll keep it relatively short, but um, even the people that have ratted on about how bad the system is don't realize how much the system is abusing what it has available. It's mm-hmm. like MA-15 games... As an example, Black Ops, I saw a 15-year-old kid pick it up. This Mm. kid was not ready for what he was going to (laughs) see in that game. And this is the reality, is because you've got such an archaic system, everybody suffers. And because of that, to see reform in any way or form, in my opinion, is a win. Look, I know that this could backfire on us all and the entire rating system could change. But realistically, I don't think our government are that stupid.
0: Mm. Uh, now, our chat room, um, Calacent has said what films have interactive content. And James of Melbourne has jumped in and said the porn ones laugh out loud. Well, yeah, he's got a point. But uh, DVDs, Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. These sure. are all interactive content. You go in there, you can bring up the little picture-in-picture stuff that is happening there. You've got the BD Live stuff. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of interactive uh, interactivity yeah. in film today. Yes, the cinema doesn't have interactive content. But... Where This is actually, uh, for the, our long-term listeners, you'll know Holly McKay. She works for Fox uh, mm. Entertainment in America. She's been on our show a couple of times. She sent me an email uh, yesterday um, asking my opinion on some stuff. I might even get quoted in one of her articles. I don't know if I got the thing in in time. But the mm. point is, one of the things um, that she was actually talking about is, has the entertainment industry fundamentally changed um, because we're seeing such a dramatic shift in audiences and yes the answer is yes the problem is that the the studio bosses haven't caught up with that yeah. yet you know the 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 Studio bosses don't understand that it's not about box office anymore. No, uh, box office is a small component. Unless you're an Avatar or unless you're an Inception, box office is a very small component. A film like, uh, as an example, Salt will come out and will do okay at the box office, but that film will then go on and make another hundred million dollars just in Blu-ray DVD sales. Oh,
1: dude, and, you and then you've got you've got the fact that it's like number one or number two on iTunes um, download yeah. on Apple TVs and, and stuff like that.
0: Uh, 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 iTunes has now started introducing uh, interactive content on downloads. You download yeah. a movie you get bonus features, you get commentaries, you get all this stuff on the digital download. Mm. So uh, we're seeing a lot more interactivity uh, on happening on all this. And and the problem is what a lot of audiences don't understand is all of that content has to be rated. Yeah. Um, so a film that may have been rated PG at the cinema, you suddenly get the Blu-ray and go, why is the Blu-ray rated MA? Because in the special feature, somebody may say, fuck.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know?
0: And suddenly that's changed the entire rating of that Blu-ray disc because of that special feature. So, um, yeah, they've got to be very careful about that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think this is long overdue, and I think we are not the only country that needs to do this. I think we, need, we, have, we have countries. We need a worldwide reform. We need, we Real- need, a, what we need is a worldwide rating system, but it's oh, never going to yeah, happen. Yeah. That would be nice. Because we have such different. I'm going to put that ideals. right up there
1: with my list of uh, world peace. I'm going to put that up there. Um, and world currency. World currency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, no, there absolutely. <laughs> um,
0: well, speaking of censorship, let's throw into this mix at this point. So we're getting this nice big reform, but let's throw into the mix this article that came out oh, on. Jesus, this thing. <laughs> another article that came out on news.com.au. Now, I've actually heard rumors of this kicking around before.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I get the feeling someone stumbled across it on the net and stuck it up, you know, like the whole Jeff (laughs) Goblin being dead thing.
0: Maybe, but uh, apparently, uh, according to an article that came out December 19th, now, sorry some of these articles seem like a little bit further back, but we've been gone for two weeks, so we've got to cover some of this. Uh, All internet porn, the uh, UK government has basically decided to instigate, or is trying to push through, whether they'll get this through or not. We think we've got it bad. They're trying to push through an internet censorship filter that will actually block all, capital A, capital L, capital L, all internet pornography.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: so, now, um, let's, let's just... Discuss. I wonder if
1: it's going to be better or worse than Telstra's great one, which, like... My last
0: face has already put in. Yeah, good luck, England. Yeah. yeah um, no. Now, there is one, one caveat to this and one thing that may actually get it pushed through. And it's actually one thing that we've said about our proposed inter- censorship filters for so long, which is they're actually saying, though, that it will be opt in, mm. which means or oh, sorry, it'll be opt out, I should say, which means if they do instigate this filter, if you are of 18 years old adult and said to them, I want porn, you can turn it off. Right, So the idea is, and I'm sure this is their, at the back of their mind, I'm sure the idea is most people will be too embarrassed to I ask think for they the porn really, to be turned on.
1: I think they really, really mis, um, misunderstand the current generation. Um, we don't care. No. <laughs> like, honestly, we don't. We like There's that thing where they kind of smugly look at us and go, do you look at porn? And then there's like everyone of my generation would kind of be like, what type? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you need some? Midget porn? Multi- I've got some multi- on my phone if you want. <laughs> double impact.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do the films where they show the girl airtight? You Look, know? I'll, I mean, what, you I'll give you a list.
1: <laughs> I'll write you up a file. I'll email it to you. <laughs>
0: Did I ever tell you I saw a porn film called Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? I'll let your mind real on that one all right right. in fact i may have a copy of it kicking around somewhere um anyway so yeah good luck england on this um i think that the idea of this is really stupid um but the fact that they are uh, declaring an opt-out system at least they have they at least they have the good sense to say if you want it you can have it So they're not completely destroying the rights of the people.
1: Yeah, I think that's the sort of thing that will get stuff like that passed is when people have the ability to opt. But the problem that I have with a system like that is once the system's in place, it doesn't take much to tell them to take that ability away from people. Absolutely.
0: But i tell you what, if they do pass this, how long? How long until Senator Stephen Conroy starts jumping up and down again saying, see, they did it. See, they did it.
1: Yeah, and we can then send him article upon article of reasons why it doesn't work. And we
0: can also say, but see the line that says opt in, opt in, opt in. You know, it's like, you know, that's the part that he never got was he didn't want to make any opt in or opt out. He just wanted to make it a blanket ban. Yeah. Uh, For those who haven't listened to our show before, just to recap very quickly, I guess we may have lost some people. Australia is trying or was trying to bring in an internet censorship filter that would block illegal content on the internet and it has been basically kiboshed mm. um, but it's not off the table completely it's just been shelved for a while yeah um, I,
1: I kind of feel like we're sort of troops in a war dave like mm. we're sitting we're sitting we're sitting in a ditch together waiting for the next round of <laughs> ammunition to hit it's like and i think
0: this is why we were so tired at the end of the year Cause it felt like there were so many battles last year. Two thousand and ten was a sucky year. Can I just tell was, you?
1: It was. Well, what was it? The uh, war internet. We the had a great this, internet censorship. Great war. internet censorship war. We mm. we were in the middle of it, and, and you know what? We, we we took a blow, and we won some, and we lost some. And I think realistically, we're right back where we started again in 2011. (laughs) James
0: from Melbourne says, could it block Chelsea Handler? (laughs) Ha?
1: Nothing to block Chelsea Handler.
0: I take it you're a Hollywood Babylon Ralph Garman listener? Uh, If you Uh, don't know, he's a really anti-Chelsea Handler, and uh, I won't repeat the words he says. I could. We carry an explicit tag, but I won't. I'll let him say it. Go listen to his show. Yeah, he says. (laughs) If you haven't listened to Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman on Hollywood Babylon, very funny show. You're
1: missing out on a good portion of life.
0: very very funny show. Okay, um, have we gotten serious enough, or should we get even deeper?
1: We should get serious.
0: Yeah, I thought we were
1: serious. Oh no, we've got to make up for that whole very sort of blase intro. So let's get <laughs> let's get some hard tech done. All right, let's
0: get some hard tech. Apple um, this week finally released. Look, I'm going to call it a beta. All right, even though they're not, even though they're saying it is officially the store. The Mac App Store, Mm. which is apps for Macintosh computers, not iPads and stuff, but the Mac App Store is supposed to be a component of Lion, which is the next operating system. However, they have decided to release it for Snow Leopard, and so because of that, I feel like it's not quite finished
2: yet.
1: I think think it's the kind of thing that if you're going to release it with an operating system, you're basically saying that it is an integral part of your OS. Mm. And I think doing that... And just launching it is a is a terrible idea. I'm I'm supporting them entirely with their concept of trying this, yeah. and that seems really weird because I was the one that was really I, look. Really I'm still sidelining. a
0: skeptic on whether it, the whole thing is working. But as I say, if I put the word beta in front of it, even mm. if it's just in my head, yeah, I support it more. Yeah, because at least I can see that they're trying mm. new things. Now, um, the Mac App Store launched. Uh, now uh, there's... If you go to apple.com forward slash Mac forward slash app dash store, you Mm. can actually have a look at their preview. Um, We have the link in our show notes. It's basically, if you are familiar at all with uh, an iOS device, uh, it looks like an
1: iPhone, iPad, iPod.
0: Absolutely. It actually looks like the App Store app on an iPad.
1: Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like, except for it doesn't suck as much. It doesn't suck. Like all right, it
0: doesn't suck as much, but it doesn't look like the app store on iTunes. It's not quite mm. as fully featured. Yeah. Yeah. It looks much more like. Uh, the app that is actually on the iPad in, in its layout and design. When you install it, comes as an update on your Mac. If you are running, it only works on Snow Leopard. So if yep. you're running Leopard, you're not going to get it. If you're running Tiger, time to update. Um, if, you are, <laughs> if you are running Snow Leopard, uh, go to your uh, updates, click on updates as a Mac OS X update, and it'll actually put a little icon, uh, the little app store icon onto your uh, taskbar, onto the dock. Uh, when you click on that, a window appears, and there's your app store. Now, the concept for this, for those who haven't been following, now most of you probably already know this, but for those who haven't been following, is that basically they are running the idea that rather than have to run around to a million different websites to buy a million different apps, uh, you can actually go here. It's like one-stop shopping. Yeah. You can buy it through It's a the, marketplace. It's a marketplace. You buy it through the app store. And most importantly, and this is the feature that I think is the killer feature, if this works, and I'm yet to test this, if you buy an app on the App Store, yeah. if you have five Macs, yeah. you can install it across all of them. Mm. So it's not like buying a retail piece of software that says in the terms and conditions you can only put it on one computer. If you buy it on the App Store and you own more than one Mac, you can install it on all Macs mm. that you own. That's a killer feature. That is something that Microsoft has yet to learn. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's the first stage. Second stage of this is that it keeps track of all updates. So just like on your iPad, if an update comes in, a little one appears on the icon. You click on it, click on update. It just downloads the update straight to your computer. Great.
1: Yep. No, fantastic. I've got no problems with
0: that. You buy an app, you buy a new Mac, and you want to put that app onto the new Mac. It keeps track of your sales, and therefore, you can re-download it at any time for free.
1: Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. I have no problem with that at all. The bad news is it's been hacked already. Yeah. Um, now, I don't have the link in front of me right now. It's just something I read very quickly uh, this morning, actually. It was on – in fact, I can probably find it. It was in my email. Let's see if I can dig it up on the email here. Um, it was on ZDNet, and there was an article basically saying that already somebody has figured out a way to bypass the security. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got something to do – and I'm not going to encourage it, so I'm not going to tell all the details. But it's got something to do with getting hold of an original DMG or image file – this program which you can probably find on torrent sites and then there is some plain text editing in a text file to basically tell the app store that oh look you have it mm. and it licenses it and puts it onto your system
1: look uh, things <coughs> like that will be fixed relatively quickly man and the rea- the reality is that like cutting out piracy 100 percent is never going to happen it's never going to happen no. um so like i mean it's, it's a big risk to do something like this. They're throwing out something that is a completely different way of doing software, mm-hmm. something that I'm really for, because at the same time, and another thing that we haven't really thought of is the fact that when you create an app store like this, you create a balance of pricing. Yeah, there is that. And that, that, that to me, is probably the, the thing that I support the most, mm-hmm. is the fact that by doing that, you can't have Photoshop at this price an aperture at this price or something like that because realistically the sales
0: well, well it's interesting because i actually went and had a peruse through the site i downloaded two free apps just to see mm-hmm. how it was all working and it worked quite nicely okay here's the article here by the way zdnet we'll come back to that in a second i had a peruse through the site and i noticed that some of the big players haven't come to the party yet there's no yeah. there's adobe has one piece of software and it's free
2: yeah
0: um it's just some sort of pdf encoder there but yeah. any of their major stuff on there and even apple has not put any of their major software any of their pro, oh, app, their pro apps though things like final cut um audio logic um. i think
1: they're taking like they're taking a risk by making aperture available for a hundred dollars i mean that's 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 a starting thing and for anyone that doesn't have it and is interested in photography i would get that a hundred dollars is a freaking good price i use that's the i've already checked it it's the full piece of software
0: yeah i use aperture 2 i've been using aperture since the day i had a mac i love aperture and i wanted aperture 3 for some time i just don't got the money right now mm. but um uh, when i get the money uh, i will actually get number three because number three adds video to it which mm. is uh, a big factor and also has much better integration with iPhoto mm. um so these are things that i want to have a look at now i just want to have a quick look at there was one issue that i had with uh the aperture Um, It was actually one of the things I noticed now we had a discussion before the show Mm. and I think you may have countered my argument, but I'm going to just go into the Mac store here Mm. and actually have a look at the retail version of it um, because I'm curious about something now. What I'm curious about is uh, Aperture always had an upgrade price because it is a pro app, and the pro apps have upgrade prices unlike the um, iWork Mm. and iLife. They don't. Uh, They just have new versions, right? Mm. But Aperture always had an upgrade price. Now, if you look here, Aperture 3 retail box is $249, okay? And the upgrade price, if it'll ever come through for me, is 119 Now, this is where the App Store gets very interesting because the App Store is full version, $99. -hmm. So it's cheaper than both the upgrade price and the full version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it actually kind of, you look at it and go, wow, that's actually a really interesting turn of events. Mm. Um, So it'll be very interesting when they do start putting some of their higher. And let's face it, iWork is cheaper to buy it on the App Store because it's three separate apps, Yeah, and as a box set, you get it for 100 and whatever dollars it is, but the three separate apps individually are cheaper. And mm-hmm. if you only use pages but don't use numbers, then it's more...
1: Or Effective. just download them as you need them. That's
0: right. You download them as you need them. So the App Store has definite pluses in that sense. And I, and I do really like it. As I said, I still feel it's kind of beta-ish.
1: Well, the other problem that I have, like, one thing that comes to mind is that you really have to rebuild the way that you interact with the actual um, App Store, in my opinion. Because this is a PC, like, a, a personal computer platform we're mm. talking about here. So... You give it a month, man, there's going to be too many apps to wade through. Mm. And, I mean, we've seen this with the iPad when the iPad came out, and they still haven't fixed the App Store on that. Um, Like, you're just – things are going to get lost.
0: What is interesting about the App Store is they've already made a statement right from the very beginning, which is no beta software and no demos. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very interesting... A very no, interesting I'm route to totally take. for that. i of these. So it means that the demos can go onto their websites, because remember, it's still got an open install system, which means yep. on a Mac, you can still buy software other way. You don't just have to use the App Store. Yep. The App Store is one avenue. Mm-hmm. So what's good is you go to the developer's website, you can download the demo from there, you can have a look at it. If you decide to buy it, you then go to the App Store and pull down a full version. Mm-hmm. No problem with that at all. Okay, ZDNet. Let's have a look at this. ZDNet um, uh, says... That it can circumvent the protection mechanisms used by Apple in their App Store. Uh, How easy is it to pirate apps? It says, this easy. Now, they've got a little quote here. It says, so what does it take in order to pirate an app from the Mac App Store? All you have to do is find the DMG file hosted online somewhere... So we've already said torrent files or something like that. Mm. Sure, you can't readily download premium apps without paying for them from the App Store, but that's never stopped files from ending up on pirate websites before. Once you've found the app, all you have to do is install it as you would any other application and then copy over three files and or folders from any legitimate download that you've made in the App Store, even if it's a free download, Twitter, for example. Um, now, it says that they, it's not clear whether this vulnerability affects all Mac App Store apps at this point, only some. And it has, there is confirmation that this does work with Angry Birds.
2: Mm, wow.
0: So, and there is more to the article. Go to ZDNet and have a look at that article and you'll find more. We'll have, to sh- we'll have that in our show notes um, for you to have a look at. But yeah, so Apple's going to have to get onto that really quickly. If they're, gonna, if they're at all going to have any legitimacy with this app yeah, store, they sure. have to prove to people that it's flawless, like iTunes has been. They haven't had many problems with iTunes up until this point, or the App Store for that.
1: Well, no, because people don't try and pirate the individual software. Well, they not only that, jailbreak. you have to
0: actually jailbreak the iPad yeah. to make these apps work. Whereas, with a for all intents and purposes, all Macs are jailbroken. You know, so uh, it makes it a little bit more of a trickier situation to keep something like this mm. working. Mm. All right, so that's the App Store, though, and I do say I will applaud them for. So far, what I've seen, I can't wait till Lion comes out. I want to see the integration. I want to be able to see, because with Lion, you can actually switch modes. So it actually comes up with a screen that looks more like an iPad with the individual icons, like a quick launch.
1: And that's why I think mid-year we're going to see that Mac appear, dude. We're going to see the touchscreen Mac stuff. showing up. Maybe, maybe. Because it's, it's the perfect time to drop it. You've got the system built. You've mm-hmm. got the background system built. All you have to do is throw a computer. Let's in. remind
0: people about that, because that was actually about six months ago. We talked about that. That was the patent we saw yeah. come out, which was for an iMac design on the swivel that the yeah. iMacs are on now but the idea was it could actually swivel right down to like 90 yeah, degrees yeah you could pull it forward and, and forward down and, and, and while it was it. in its upwards position it had a Mac interface and when you slid it down it would automatically register that motion there was mm. a mechanism in the arm and it would immediately switch to OS uh, the iOS mm. interface yeah. so you could actually use it as a touch screen when it was flat which is an interesting idea. And we haven't heard anything legitimate or real about this. All we've seen is the sketches and Apple did apply for the patents. So I don't know. You're right. I think if, if lion is the way it is, it sounds to me like they want a new Mac to go with that. Um, so anyway, we'll see how we go. Um, we should probably do something a little bit more fun. What do you think? Okay. How about a GPS system that sits next to you?
1: (laughs) I vaguely, I vaguely remember something like this. Uh, yeah,
0: if anybody remembers Total Recall and the whole Johnny, and Cat, if you don't,
1: get out of my chair. Right? <laughs> get out of
0: here. Apparently, uh, a company has come up with a uh, um, Gizmodo reported on this. It's called a girlfriend, <laughs> James from Melbourne. Tis James tis. from Melbourne. <laughs> um, if you go to the Gizmodo, the link will be in the uh, the link will be in the. Um, in the chat... uh, What's it called? The show notes. That's what it's called. Show
2: notes, Um, not the chat room. Apparently,
0: it's a GPS system called Charles, and it's a disembodied head and shoulders... Uh, kind of like the Johnny Cab thing that sits next to you in your passenger seat and tells you the directions to go. And the thing that makes it kind of different, and it's kind of a weird looking thing. As well. I mean, it's a weird looking guy, too. Looks kind of like James Woods sitting next to you.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I'd be happier with James Woods. Uh, but
0: apparently this guy also has the ability to um, recognize mood. And this is the part that really kind of freaked me out because apparently if it detects that you've got like road rage and, you know, you're going to shoot somebody, it knows that and knows how mm. to react to you. I'd like to know what it does if you were really, yeah bad. does no, it cower it? in the corner or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but basically it detects your behavior and can relate to you with the behavior. Yeah. And, and according to the, Cam- according to Cambridge, who are the people who are developing this, it's about 70% accurate.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, that leaves 30% inaccuracy, which is an awful lot of inaccuracy. Yeah. Um, now, this is not ready for market
1: yet. No, 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 no. And
0: quite frankly, I don't, I don't think it, think ever it should will be. be. Yeah. Now, I'd like to point out for those who do follow the show the show notes, um, there is a photograph in the show notes of a guy sitting next to Charles. And isn't he the most browbeaten looking guy? He just looks ever really, really pissed off with it. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is he saying to me
1: now? <laughs> maybe during a testing phase i I think it might be but
0: uh yes it was uh i think this was um, i think the google car will be out before this thing yeah calisenth i agree with you calisenth says google car will be out this thing is this thing is proof of concept i think do you know what this would be good for though what we'll get into the mass transit lanes
1: yeah (laughs) because i actually think the robot is the dumbest idea that they've done if it was a visual screen in front of you but got that. At oh you.
0: like a like a like, max, like, max, like max have, headroom. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like have someone looking at you and a camera on you, I think that would be a much simpler idea. That's cool. having, That's cool. having someone beside you takes up a seat in your car. And having, it's
0: just creepy, quite frankly. And it makes you look like you have no friends.
1: <laughs> but having something pop up in the screen and go, hey, where are we going today? And you go, We're going home, and it goes right, you know, calculating home. You don't need. You're much
0: more for the night rider style. Exactly. I think
1: the the concept lies. the The best aspects of the concept lie in the concept that we take away the visual screen Mm -hmm. because navigation is never as easy on that. Um, Realistically, if it's doing the right thing, then we shouldn't need it. And GPSs are accurate about eighty percent of the time. When they're not
0: driving you into lakes and off bridges,
1: yeah. I've (laughs) I've never seen that. There was there was
0: a case in. Well, actually, even funnier was the fact that she was walking. She walked, in, she walked off of a hill or something like that because she was taking Google walking instructions and the path took her... It's like all I can think is look up from <laughs> your phone. <laughs> Shouldn't be
1: navigating directly with it. I don't think that works. Uh,
0: now, as long as you have a slot for the fleshlight, it could be a perfect companion. Dude.
1: James. Dude, James. Come on, man. Come on.
0: <laughs> also, I don't know. James, did you miss the part where I said his name was Charles? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think they've come up with a girl washer, oh, but, but hey man oh, if, that's, if that's where you're if hey, that's, that's where what you're, you're at that's, right, dude. that's cool man you nothing do... wrong with that exactly. Um,
0: but I gotta tell you they may sell more when the busty like Pam Anderson models and stuff like that come out
1: You know. so you think it, no you know what dude I'll be getting I will definitely be getting the Darth Vader one
0: <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader's a roundabout sitting <laughs> <laughs> next to you that'd be cool yeah. just uh, James just takes all kinds gorgeous <laughs> All right. Moving I'm right Richard along. James. Uh. All right. Now, uh, yeah. oh, Josh, I've got to show you this picture. Now, yeah, um,
1: no, dude, I'm really keen to find out right, what this is. i am got to show it. you this
0: picture. This is also from Gizmodo. This is one of Delta's links. Um, we talked last year about the idea of putting uh, traction pads down yeah. on your iPads where you like stick them on. Look at this one. This is actually a thumbstick yeah. that suction cups over the control point. Yeah. Um, now, for those in our uh, listening to the podcast and so forth, if you follow the link in our show notes, you can actually see the picture. I'll see if I can describe this to. Though. It's a it's a basically a suction cup. Now when you play games, most of the time that have the virtual stick on them, mm. it's a circle on your screen that you move your thumb mm. around. Yeah. This is a suction cup that fits over that, and yeah. on the bottom of it, it actually has a um
2: Touch the, fa- the same
0: basic material that's on the on a like a pogo pin or something yeah. like that. Basically what it does is it gives you a thumbstick because mm. you use this and it's got the thing that's doing all the motion for you. So it gives you much more tactile feedback to using a stick on that's, your machine.
1: That's kind of cool. I'd love to see how well it works. I want to
0: see how well this thing works, too. I think this is actually a really good idea. According to Gizmodo, it says, Apple's mobile devices can be great for your games but lack actual buttons or analog sticks. goes on to say, it's a thumbstick that you stick to your iPad screen with a suction pad, turning it into a joystick for the device. Uh, it still doesn't solve the problem of accessorizing. Namely, you shouldn't need to lug stuff around yeah, with yeah, all yeah, this yeah. blah, 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 and also all that sort of stuff. But... There is definitely uh, a market for this. I
1: don't know about the whole concept of uh, there being a problem with accessorizing. Realistically, I come from PC gaming, and you know you need a good mouse and a decent keyboard and stuff like this. Very like true. I mean, all this. Look, when moving around, I mean, realistically, a lot of people do that. Like um, I know a lot of people that have the PS3 uh, clip-on mm-hmm. uh, trigger. Uh, pieces so that the triggers go outwards instead of inwards yep. on a PS3 stuff like that. So look, I don't mind accessorizing as long as it works.
0: Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, and as
1: long as its reusability look, I carry, works. I
0: carry a stylus pen around with mm. me. It's already in a case. I carry a cleaning cloth around. I carry stuff with my iPad. You yep. know, uh, you you know, I carry often carry a charge cable with me if I'm going out somewhere. You know, it's like you're going to carry stuff with you. There's nothing you can do about. It. You have headphones. You know, I have always. a whole bag of accessories. Yeah, there's there. always accessories. So yeah. I don't see any problem with that. And this is actually very small. Mm. It's not going to take up a lot of room. It's just a little small suction cup. Yeah. But this actually has the ability to make. What's actually one of my problems with gaming on the iPad is the fact that when I'm playing with virtual sticks, mm. my finger often slips. Further up the screen where the stick isn't anymore and I lose control. So this gives us that little bit of control. And also, look, in the geek verse, I think it is no doubt or surprise that we all are massive Lego fans. And I love Lego. And I've got a Lego Enterprise behind me over here. And, you know, I just think Lego is fantastic. Well, a guy in, I think it was... I think it might be England. I'm going to probably say that that's probably wrong. But if you go to our link in our show notes, uh, once again, it's a Gizmodo article. Several sites have reported on this, though. Mm. Uh, This guy has made a 23-foot-long USS Intrepid aircraft carrier. Uh, According to their article, they say it should be renamed the USS Insane. Uh, It's the largest Lego ship ever built. Now, the only thing that this article doesn't have, and I actually did some research, and I was looking around for it, I cannot find how many pieces it was. But it had to be a lot of pieces. It is one-fourth the scale of the Intrepid. It is actually in minifigure scale.
1: Jesus.
0: Um, And I've got a bigger picture for Josh to have a look at here. If you go to our show notes, you can actually have a look at it. Uh, Complete with Lego aircraft... Uh, that have been built to to scale for the uh, aircraft carrier. That's insane. It is an amazing, amazing amazing-looking ship. Um, And if you do follow our show notes, you can have a look at this picture. It is fantastic. How much does it weigh has been the question. 300. um, uh, The size of it is actually the size of three queen-size beds, um, 23-foot long. And according to this, it weighs, um, I think, 350 pounds. From memory, I don't know if this article has that. It was enough I read several articles looking at this, um, but yeah, I think it's like 350 pounds or something like that. It's it's yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's bigger than the previous record holder, which was 350 pounds. So it's a big big ship. All right, and uh, yeah, if you have a look at the article on Gizmodo, it actually has a scale picture which shows a man. Uh, next to it and you're going to see how big this thing is and all the planes are detailed they're actually made by a different modeler who (laughs) actually built the planes uh, the corsairs and so forth it's an amazing model and if you're into lego at all it is well worth having a look at Uh, delta sent through another link as well and i'll put the link in the show notes we're not going to talk about them here but he with this link he also put through another link. Uh, gizmodo i think it is or geeks are sexy one of the two has put up an article on the 10 like best lego builds And uh, it's got these really incredible Lego builds. And I'll put that that link in the show notes because it's well worth having a look at. Okay, I want to... uh, (laughs) uh, This is a really geeky story, guys. In, I'm going to say New York, but I'm probably wrong. So we're going to wait for the article to pop up here. If you've seen the movie Kick-Ass, you will know that... um, where are we? It's uh, uh, the Rain City, could be Chicago actually. It's the Rain City, you've got to watch the video. There's actually a whole video for this. I didn't encode the whole video, but a man named Phoenix Jones, who is what this video is about. He is a real life costumed vigilante. And if you look at his costume, it's all kind of molded. And apparently it's like uh, uh, body armor. Mm. And he carries uh, a taser. Uh, He's got a specially made nightstick that actually has taser built into it so that he can actually tase down targets. He carries mace on his utility belt and all sorts of stuff. And apparently he is part of a group of superheroes called the Rain City Superheroes. And they literally go out every night and patrol and stop crime. They go around, and, and uh, one guy in the video, you'll see an interview with a guy who was about to be mugged, getting into his car, and out of nowhere, this guy came flying in and basically beat the guy down who was about to mug him and, and handed him over to the police. Um, I don't know why they're not being arrested. Vigilantism is illegal in America. Mm. But uh, according to the video, there is this comic book store, yeah. and... He goes into the comic book store, and there's a secret lair behind the comic book store where they pull, like, the panel side. Really? He goes in there, and wow. they've got their costumes and the whole bit back there, and they go out, and they fight crime. Now, the Gizmodo article is quick to point out—no, sorry, the Geeks are Sexy article is quick to point out that their arrival yeah. coincides pretty much exactly with the release of the Kick-Ass movie. So they were heavily inspired by the Kick-Ass movie, but there you go. We do have some real-life superheroes kicking around in America at this point. Now, our chat room has said... Uh, pretty insane, um, was one was one I saw fly by at one point. Or oh, no, a.k.a. Nutter was what Octane
1: said. <laughs> Does he have a license for the taser? I imagine he would, otherwise he'd probably be arrested by now already, considering the fact that, you know, he's beaten off and handed someone to the police. So. Mm,
0: well, and we've got James from Melbourne says he's no geek. There's nothing super about his condition. Uh, was he exposed to a dose of radiation? Is he just from another planet? No, they're saying he's more like Batman than a superhero. Batman is considered a superhero, guys. Yeah. He doesn't have any superpowers, but he's considered a superhero. Mm. Um, yes, there is the argument amongst geeks as to what makes a superhero.
1: Yeah.
0: In fact, though, I will go so far as to say that these guys don't call themselves superheroes. They call themselves costume vigilantes. Yeah. So...
1: Well, again, um, I'm not for or against something like that. I think, look, good on them for trying to do good as long as they are doing good. I mean, yeah, they, look, they, as long look, as they don't cross the we line. To, well, no, we have to realize, though, if these guys have been patrolling around and they obviously have done some vigilante ness mm. they must be sticking relatively close to the, door, the law, otherwise they would be arrested. Yeah, and is because that- if you showed up to a police officer wearing a costume with stuff on your belt and you were handing someone over, I don't care who you are, that person's going to look at you and go you're going to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, and remember there's also there is precedence for this because in New York there was a group called the Pink Panthers. If you remember who, were a gay vigilante group that were basically like a network like a neighborhood watch mm. that would get together and they wore pink uniforms and they would go out and they would patrol the streets mm. to stop gay bashings. Yeah. And They never broke the law. They would always hand people over to the police, and the police actually encouraged them because it cut down their workload, basically, as long as they weren't crossing any lines. So there is precedence for this. As long as these guys are following the rules, basically, on how – I mean, because remember, in America, there is actually citizen's arrest. Mm. We don't have citizen's arrest here, but in America, you can do citizen's arrest. Mm. So as long as they're following the rules of citizen's arrest –
1: yeah, look, I don't have anybody try, uh, any problem with anybody trying to help people, and as long as they keep doing that, they won't be arrested. So good on them. Mm.
0: And they're not. Somebody has mentioned gun in the chat room. They're not armed with guns. Yeah. So uh,
1: I think he was actually quoting Mystery Men.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think as soon as these guys put handguns on their belts, I think there
1: would be a line crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of them lines I was talking about. Yeah.
0: Um, now, it says it sounds like a hoax. I say it says it sounds like a hoax to me and they've given fake. This is actually a real news broadcast. So um, these are real people and they have been doing this. So mm. whether it's a hoax or not, I'm not sure whether or not it's going to keep going or not. I'm not sure whether or not this guy's going to get himself killed. I don't know.
1: I'd say probably. Anyway. probably
0: and somebody uh, who is it who actually said in our chat room um, I saw one go by that I just thought was perfectly worded uh, oh yeah Calacent I think this will end badly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, there is a very good chance of that. So, but uh, his costume, by the way, is badass, though.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's very cool.
0: <laughs> He's got a badass costume, and go watch that video. Um, I actually was supposed to have that video up on the board. I completely forgot to get that one encoded. So go watch the video. It is worth having a look at. Mm. Um, um, for, the audio, for you audio listeners, I might insert some clip right here. And you just start sticking it down inside between the window here
3: and the rubber strip. Dan was calling 911, but help flew in before he finished dialing. From the right, this guy comes dashing in, just wearing this skin tight, rubber, black and golden suit, and starts chasing him away. What Dan didn't know is just about every night, an anonymous Seattle man strolls into this comic store, enters a hidden back room, and emerges transformed. My name is uh, Phoenix Jones. He's the hero Dan's been trying to tell his friends about. People are saying, No way, dude. No way. They're like, oh, you were probably drunk. But he sounded familiar to us. We'd heard about how he and the other eight members of his Rain City superhero crime-fighting movement walked the streets, eyes out for crime, prepared to fight it. And we brought these two together.
1: That's crazy. (laughs) Nice to meet you, brother. How you doing? Good to meet you, man. Wow, that's insane, man.
3: (laughs) Phoenix explained his whole supersuit to Dan.
1: That's a taser, nightstick.
3: And he showed him the bulletproof vest and stab plates.
1: You know, I've got mace, mace slash tear gas over here, so.
3: But then it was time for Phoenix to get back out on the streets. Maybe not quite Superman, but an extraordinary one.
0: So when I walk into a neighborhood, criminals leave because they see the suit. I symbolize that the average person doesn't have to walk around and see bad things and do nothing. But uh, have a listen to that, or have a watch of that. You can see his badass costume. Now, um, I'm going to give... Uh, what, what time? What, what are you looking at here? We're all looking at... Oh, we got plenty of time. Shit. We're, we're kicking along quite nicely, Josh. Um, that being the case...
1: I don't even know what time we're supposed to finish.
0: So. Oh, you know... Whenever. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to bring up very quickly the concept of the Skitterbot. Uh, We do like to talk very quickly about our impending robot apocalypse. Mm. And uh, at this point, it's a remote-controlled vehicle. So at this point, it poses no threat. But uh, a company has come up with something called a Skitterbot, which is basically a little remote-controlled spidery thing Mm. uh, that is controlled with a little USB uh, remote control. But it's got little glowing eyes, and it's got six legs, and it runs around your table. And all I thought about when I watched this video was Minority Report and those spider things that bounce Mm. around and and scam people. And all I could think was that I think we take the uh, uh, computer that is in the hacky sack playing Hoverbot. Mm. We put some learning uh, ability onto that and we put it all inside the little skitter bot and take away the remote control and we've got spy droids so i think that's something that we well need if here. it's
1: usb controlled that can be created you know sort of uh adjusted via a computer so <laughs> right virus you know i'm just saying yeah well, but cool. crawls up your leg and tries to jump in your mouth I'm just just saying just putting that out there <laughs>
2: fair <laughs> enough
0: um now do you want to talk about ces real quick
1: Okay, yes, yes, Yes. I do actually. All right, let's
0: Let's talk about CES. I don't have all the details on CES. We're not going to do a huge CES roundup because there's lots of stuff mentioned. The thing that I think Josh and I want to talk about more than anything is the tablets.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Josh, what have you heard?
1: Look, I know that there are a lot of tablets coming, and um, I've been saying this at work, and no one's been believing me for ages that tablets were coming and that they were going to probably take over the netbook and probably take over the low end PC too. I'm with you there. um, I think with Wi Fi with a decent battery life, anything better than two hours being a PC, and uh, for any situation for a normal user, the average person would just aim straight for an iPad. The only reason they don't is because they need to be able to do full functioning abilities, mm-hmm. which is a problem for some people. Now, um, I think the tablet is something that we should definitely invest in as geeks. Like, I think this leads to some very promising capabilities. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, that we have to keep in mind when thinking about that, that the tablet is also not the perfect system because there are things you can't do on it. It's sort of the thing in between your phone and your computer, and it always has been. Now, in saying that, out comes this giant sea of things, and I think the number one fault that comes straight out the gate is that none of them have sat down and realized that we don't want Windows.
0: Yeah, but here we run into a problem. Because I agree with you. I think Windows 7 is completely wrong for tablet um, architecture. Mm. Um, the, the touch, yes, it has touch built into it, but the touch doesn't work very well. Nope. And for a full touch device, I mean, we don't want to have to worry about, I mean, yes, it's nice having a stylus when you want to use a drawing program, but we don't want to have to use a stylus. Absolutely. Um, so there's some issues. The problem that I see, though, is at the moment, both iOS and Android are limited in their capabilities. Yeah. So we need something, we need an operating system that has a full function. Now, the problem I ran into last night, as an example. uh, Last night, I realized that our live page on our website uh, still said we were on holidays. Yeah. And for those who are watching our live feed right now, you'll notice the page looks different. It looks a little bit bearer. And the reason for that is because I went to, uh, all my computers were up here. We were all set up for the show today. All I had downstairs was my iPad. And I thought, damn it, the live page still says we're on holidays. So I thought, I'll use the WordPress app on the iPad, and I'll quickly modify it, just change one line of text. One line of text is all I had to change. Mm. So I went into the, the WordPress app, I logged in, and because there is uh, macromedia uh, coding on that page because of the uh, window and so forth, yeah. watching the live show, it broke the code.
2: Mm.
0: When I said update the page, the entire page was just code. I had to go into damage control, go to my son's computer, which was the only computer downstairs I could use, and quickly rewrite the page Mm. and and put all that stuff back on. So there is a limitation to the iPad and and some of the stuff it can do. You can't just quickly do so. I mean, I should have no problem going into Safari and doing this. The problem I had with Safari, because that was my first point of call, was to try and use just Safari to do it, Mm. was the fact that on the window, the editing window for Mm. the page, it doesn't give you a scroll bar. Yeah. So I couldn't scroll through you the text. You
1: can actually. I found a way around that. Yeah. What you've got to do is push on your finger like you normally would until you see the, um, the magnifying glass come up and then drag your finger down and it drags the text down. Well,
0: there you go. If there I you know, had done that, I could have done that. Anyway, the point is that there's limitations. So what yeah. I really needed was a tablet last night that was sitting on my lap that when I went into Safari or I went into... Firefox or whatever it is that we're using as a a browser on that machine it gives me exactly the same when I say exactly I'm talking about exactly the same Mm -hmm. as if I was on a laptop or a computer Mm -hmm. and unfortunately tablets at this point don't Um, now in comes Windows 7 this year at CES we see a million new tablets now I'm having deja vu all over the place here, Josh, because last CES, we saw a million tablets. And everybody was saying it was going to be the year of the tablet. And then Apple announced iPad, and they all disappeared. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was like a, the most amazing thing I've ever seen Every tablet dried up and went away
1: I don't know whether it dried up hmm. and went away I am actually under the belief that they all went Let's lock this back a year and come out with something that's better Giving
0: Apple a complete foothold in this market
1: uh, um, Yeah, foothold's a foothold, man But if you can come out with something stronger, then you win But...
0: How big a foothold are we talking about, Josh? I actually I, heard, I heard an analyst this week yeah. come out and say that uh, iPad was... Um, predicted when it first came out was predicted to sell 5 to 8 million units. Yeah. Right? Which is a lot. That's a lot of units for a new product, a lot of new product type. How many did iPad actually sell in the last in the last year, which is actually not even a whole year, we're talking what? 10 months? Mm. 14 million units. Yeah. Right? Exceeded all sales Right across the board. They're now predicting for next year or this year, Yeah, this this year, they're now predicting that it's probably going to move 29 million units.
1: Well, it definitely will. And I'll tell you why, man, because probably a good 60% of people I talk to that don't actually buy one when they walk into the store are waiting for the one with the camera. Yeah. I
0: yeah. think in March, we're going to see iPad 2. Yeah. It will be thinner. It will be faster. And it'll, have a, it'll probably have a forward-facing camera. It won't have a back-facing camera
1: but it will have a forward-facing camera. It wouldn't be difficult to put one in.
0: I don't think they need it, though, and they won't want don't because think... you're not going to take a picture with your iPad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they want a forward-facing camera because they want FaceTime. Yeah, Apple's look, got a bonus FaceTime, for FaceTime. No,
1: but look, dude, honestly, and also because of your um, own conversation uh, probably about a month ago, they will have a forward-and-back a facing camera. You want to know why? Because they need to keep it in line with OS.
0: Ah, uh, Good point. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yes, they will. And I guess, you know, taking a picture... Look, you can do it. It may it may be
1: it's, annoying, it's but chunky. the reality is, if you do that, you can still take a picture. It's mm-hmm. not exactly <laughs> it's not exactly very useful, but it yeah. will happen.
0: So, yeah, I think in March. Well, we will see the announcement for the new iPad in the next month. It'll come out next in March, and uh, we'll start to see uh, a whole bunch <laughs> of new stuff. Yeah. All right. So this month, this year at CES, the manufacturers are fired back. Finally, a year down the track. Uh, We've had Apple complete dominate this field. Mm. Uh, And over the last couple of months, we've started to see Android tablets surfacing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, galaxy mm-hmm.
1: tab and
0: yep. um what was the other one there's another one
1: um there's a view ViewSonic, tab. The Viewsonic tab
0: yes thank you um, there's one there's, more lower. but anyway the point is that ces then. is now launched hp and oh, hp that's right oh hp is windows 7 though isn't it yeah yeah goes. oh yeah uh so suddenly we see this rash of new tabs mm. of new tablets ces is like dominated by the tablets but they all have a lot of things in common what's that one thing in common
1: windows 7 windows 7 yeah
0: And I think this is a big mistake, and so do a lot of other people. Um, Now, we're also seeing not only Windows 7, we're seeing dual-core.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of dual-core machines. And you actually said there's one that's an i5? Yep. Which is just insanity. Yeah. Um, Why is it insanity? Insanity.
1: It's insanity because even though we've managed to make um, power-saving i5 cores, which are available in some computers, the uh, current Gateway computer that they're running in a 13-inch is a 2.13 i5 core, which Mm -hmm. is um, much more powerful than an i3, which is a a very... That's the low-end dual core. Um, But it's not going to be powerful enough to really run anything that much better. And look, I mean, we're getting to the point where we're getting very good at managing the power with those. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the 13-inches nowadays are doing really well with doing that. Like, um, Samsung have a 7-hour battery life one. The um, Gateway I was talking about has a 9-hour battery life. Like, there are computers out there with Windows that can actually do these things. I can guarantee you that's with a graphics card to it turned off. But realistically, it's available, and it is able to get these devices, but... When you shrink that, then try and put a bigger battery in it, then try to keep it weight effective. It's just not going to happen.
0: It's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. And once again, the touch interface of Windows 7. Yeah. Now, here is the key.
1: Yeah. My- oh, and one more thing. Sorry, but this is the biggest problem that I have with it. Mm-hmm. Is a Core i5, no matter how hard you try, will run hot as fuck. Oh yeah,
0: And that's a good point because the iPad is cool. The iPad, Always. iPad never heats up. It's has been running
1: constantly. Yeah. It's hey. not hot. It's cool to the touch. What's
0: interesting is that the iPhone gets hot, but the iPad does not. Yeah. The iPad just does not heat up. You can I run. think the
1: new one's going to get hot.
0: You think so? Yep. Yeah, well, especially if they go dual-core. Mm. Um, no, no, no,
1: I'm meaning the uh, the new iPad. That's what I'm
0: saying, if they go dual-core as well. You
1: reckon? Uh, anyway. They
0: might. Who knows? Now, here's an interesting here's an interesting thing about batteries, though. This is not in our show notes. It's not a up something I just read, actually, and I just thought I'd throw this out. We might mention more of this next week. Um... Apple has got a patent basically on uh, you know how they've been playing around with liquid metals mm. um, apparently there's a patent kicking around now which is because people are wondering why Apple's been playing around with liquid metals they're thinking mm. maybe for cases and stuff mm. like that the idea of liquid metal then hardening it into shapes and so yeah. forth But apparently, no. The liquid metal uh, patents they're dealing with are batteries. Wow! And they're saying liquid metal batteries may have extraordinary extraordinary lifespans, like like thirty hours. You know? Oh wow! So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Apple might be developing its own battery scheme, and this could be this could change everything. Um so <laughs> James Miller says, hmm, Mercury, a tasty substitute for ice. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, dear. Okay. Uh, yes. So uh, the biggest I think the, the the issue that I have with all of this is that I think the answer to all of this mm. is that Microsoft needs to redevelop their operating system. Yeah. Now I know that sounds really simplistic of me, but let's face it, what is iOS? iOS is Mac OS ten. Rewritten, modified, and designed specifically for touch yep okay It's not a full version of um, can Mac I iOS? just
1: stress that to Windows, who thinks that by changing an operating system, you lose some sort of I know like I know. thing if you guys just created a system, or hey. Big surprise. Maybe try using that one you've been using and designing for like 11 years. Maybe bring that Windows, what, you mean seven, window, phone Windows 7 phone 7, seven, mobile. seven, yeah. seven <laughs> mobile. Yeah,
0: no. And somebody actually said that. Apparently, there was an article I read that actually said, why isn't Windows Phone 7 going onto tablets? And they said, no, 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 it's a phone OS. Why has Microsoft got such a blind spot to this sort of stuff?
1: Because they they've know.
0: designed this for all intents and purposes. A lot of people who have used Windows Phone 7 now, they are available in this country. I've got to you go find it, somebody who's got a Windows Phone 7. You know what it Phone is,
1: 7. man? You know what I've just just realized and thought about just now? Do you know what Windows' number one problem is? They haven't changed. They're still in a 1980s, oh, 1990s. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very they much so. are so obsessed with keeping a computer the same way we've always had it that hmm. they're going, that's why they're losing. They're, they, they have not changed anything or tried anything innovative. In The only
0: thing they've changed over the last decade is when Bill Gates left the company, hmm. they became kind of more touchy-feely. And they did, it was no longer quite the evil, dark Death Star that Microsoft hmm. was. But that's the only thing. They didn't change their business strategies at all. No. And I think that's a problem with Microsoft. You're right. It's a behemoth. The company yeah. is so big. It can't move on a dime. It no. takes long time to arc around to anything. That's and why all it's doing, doing now 7 is following. Is three years behind. Yeah, and else.
1: it's following what everyone else has done.
0: Yeah, they have, they're no longer it. Somebody has actually said maybe that's what Surface Two is all about. That they're developing. Can I just remind people that the Surface One never really came out?
1: I've used Surface One just so that you know, man. And Surface One is not that great. It's not anywhere more reactive than the uh, current technology we have, and the system is really complicated... like to use it's not bad you could pick it up if you spent time with it but yeah it's not that good james from
0: melbourne in our chat room has said it's like the death star i'm sure some on some levels there was filled with very lovely people (laughs) you know and i'm sure there's some very lovely people at microsoft Sure, yeah but the problem is um yes surface was an experiment that microsoft did and let's face it microsoft was way ahead of the game
2: Mm.
0: they had surface out before ios came out they had the idea of touch interfaces the first demos of surface when they first showed it were fantastic We're all going, look at that, using photos on the Surface. And we all thought this was fantastic. And then it disappeared. It only ever turned up at trade shows Mm. in demonstration. Exactly. It never appeared
1: as a real thing. Because I can guarantee you it's far too expensive. Well, it's
0: like one of those Surface tables was ten grand or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they never shrunk it down. They never did anything with it. Now Windows phones are. So all I can say is Surface 2 is great. If they actually bring something to market... Maybe yeah. it might work. Anyway, so I think the problem is that they need to take Windows 7, they need to cut it down, make a dedicated touch interface to that. The engine, there's no problem with the engine. Windows, phone, Windows 7 works as an operating yeah, system. It's absolutely. a good operating system. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. The interface is all wrong for touch. I could
1: even, I could even deal with a lower battery life. Like, I could deal with a lower battery life. If we could bring out a system that works, hmm. right? And Windows 7 doesn't work Let's as a Let's face it, system. our
0: iOS devices, okay, iPad, notwithstanding, because iPad's got a huge battery on it. Mm. But our, our iPhones, we charge every day anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? Our iPhones don't last as long as, you know, yeah. but we also then go, oh, we expect our laptops to last for, you know, 75 billion hours. We then go, I'm sorry, my MacBook Pro here has about a three-hour battery. Yeah. you know, And that's fine because it's plugged in when I'm doing important stuff and it's unplugged when I'm mobile. You know what mm. I mean? And that's the way it's meant to be. That's how we've always thought. Netbooks kind of introduced us to the idea of a six or seven hour battery. Now we've become obsessed with the idea that all mobile devices must have that kind of battery life. Mm. I think that's not the issue. Yes, battery life is important.
2: Mm. but
0: And you don't want it to die after like You want it to be the length. Let's face it. I think every battery, there shouldn't be a mobile device out there. that The battery won't last the run of at least one feature film. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We gauge it by our films that we can show on, you know? So it needs to run at least one film. Well, look,
1: but I mean, I kind of understand why some people are getting a bit irritated. If you had a 13-inch Mac, everything else seems shit. You've got this thing that you can fit in your bag, has a 9 to 10-hour battery Mm. life on it, and can do everything you want it to do. I mean, realistically, I can understand why people would look at that and then go... What, your PC lasts 20 minutes?
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, James from Melbourne has said the most profound thing, I think, and he just counters what I just said, when, and I, but I agree with him, so I was yeah. wrong. He actually says, battery life, he thinks, is the key to a successful unplugged market. Yeah. If you don't have the battery life, your product, the, the bigger battery life is going to win,
1: Yeah. basically. Everybody's
0: yeah. mobile. Everybody's walking around. Yeah. Everybody's doing stuff. So, uh, yeah, and so we're going to have to see. iPhones need to get better battery life, and they have. Over the course of four years, they've gotten more and more battery as it's mm-hmm. gone. So, To good. be
1: honest, I have never been bothered by my iPhone 4's battery life. No.
0: I think every smartphone user knows that your battery is only going to last you a day. Mm. That's just smartphones. You smart charge phones- it at
1: you, you go to night. When you go to bed at night, if you're any sort of normal person with a job and a life, you go to bed at night, and, and you- one of your steps, Char- not, not phone, no, 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 not phone, is to set an alarm. Now, that alarm is on 90% of our phones now, which is why the whole world was late on the 1st and 2nd of of January. Bad apple. But let's uh, let that one (laughs) slide for a minute. Realistically, though, plugging a cord into the bottom of a thing and then unplugging it in the morning is the simplest thing that you can do, as well as that. It's Mm. like part of a nightly routine, and it's not that freaking difficult. You can do that in the middle of the bush, right? Okay, in your house in the middle of nowhere. I don't understand why... People get aggro about the concept of a day-long battery life. It's perfect. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do on it. I can't flatten my phone in a day. I think I've never managed to do that. I brought it close. but my oh, phone. I my, my, brought it yeah. in sliding across the ground. Yeah, I brought it in close,
0: <laughs> but I plug my phone in. I go to bed every night. I have a charging station sitting beside my bed. Mm. I get into bed. I plug my phone in. Unlike you, I don't use it for an alarm clock. I actually turn the ringer off, mm. and I plug it in, mm. and I put it beside my bed and it can quite happily vibrate whenever email comes Mm. in, you know? And in the morning, I unplug it, and it stays good all day. Mm. My iPad, I plug in every couple of days. Uh, My iPad lasts a lot longer. Mm. Um, My iPad is actually probably going to die during the show, though, because I haven't plugged it in in a couple of days. (laughs) So Mm. I'll have to find a charging station. All right. um, All right. uh, That issue that you brought up very quickly, we should just mention, has been resolved. Um, Apple had another alarm issue i don't know what their problem is with the basic function of a clock yeah but their ios devices apparently i think they really the
1: well look i mean this is going to be one of those things like if you're in the dominant power and the world is like basically you know uh looking to you for 90 percent of its devices you fix something like this now yeah and the problem is that they twice. had
0: a clock issue they put out a patch for it how could they have had another one so soon yeah, you know,
1: they Man, seriously, if I was the freaking, like, it. if I was the apps that are Alarm Clock, I would say, I would now add a header in, underneath it saying, never goes down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and actually, that was that's a very, very good point, Josh. Apparently, if you were using a third-party Alarm Clock app, yeah. it didn't go down. Yeah. And um, I was actually listening to, I think it was Leo Laporte, actually, who was saying that nobody should use the iOS alarm. You should use a third-party one. They're better.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway,
0: but that's a whole different issue and a whole different story. Let's talk about our apps of the day. We're running out of time, so let's, let's do some picks of the week. We're actually uh, changing this section a little bit. We used to call it our apps of, the, uh, apps of the week. We're going to call it our pick of the week, which has kind of already been used by lots of other podcasts. But the reason we have to call it pick of the week is because let's expand this out a little bit. Today, we're only going to talk about apps. But in the future, with the new Mac App Store and with gadgets and with everything else that's coming and going throughout our lives hmm. let's just call it the geek pick of the geek pick
1: the i lake. like it that as well because there's a couple of other things i'll talk hmm. about and we
0: can talk well. about you know gadgets or cases or toys or whatever hmm. that attracts our attention yeah. and i'm gonna let you go first because you've got a lot of them all right <laughs> <laughs> i've been off for a few weeks you okay? have been all right
1: all right well look um, i'll start with quite basically wherever the hell it went Oh, uh, you just dropped... I heard something... Uh-huh. There it is. There it is. Ah, on the floor. Um, I'm going to start by saying I have uh, the Griffin pen, which I believe is the same one as yours.
0: I have one of those too. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I just got one of these for the iPad and uh, like Dave was saying uh, a week ago or something like that when you were talking about it. No, well, no it was actually a few ago. weeks ago. Now, yeah. Um, yeah, it is so much better. If anyone can get down... To, if anyone lives here in Sydney, uh, there is the uh, Mac Academy store and Bondi currently sells these. Um, they are much more they feel like a proper pen, and mm. the end is a rubber, not a sponge. My so only complaint with
0: it is the same complaint I have with all stylus pens. I don't understand why they can't make it pen
1: length. I don't have a problem with that. But you have wider fingers than yeah, me. Yeah, I would so. like
0: to have it so that it feels like a pen in my hand. All styluses are these short little stumpy things, and I don't understand why they can't make it pen length. You know what I mean? So it feels like you've actually got a pen in your hand. But that's a small gripe, and I do agree with you 100%. The Griffin pen is... Look, I like the pogo stick. The pogo stick has worked well. Yeah. But the griffin pen is so much more responsive. Mm. Um, the only issue I have with the griffin pen, I have to say, is if you push too hard, yeah. you can actually feel that little metal collar that's around it. Yeah. You can actually hear it tap the glass. And it makes me worried sometimes. If you push too hard and drag, you might scratch.
1: I usually work like this, though. Yeah, I know. But
0: every now and again, you get a little bit overzealous. Not me, you. I'm talking about you know, people in general. And you can actually hear that little ring tap. And it's like, oh, that's, and I don't know if it is actually going to be a problem or not, but it feels that way. And that makes me worried sometimes when Mm. my son is using it, for instance, you know, but it is so much more responsive. You shouldn't have to push that much
1: harder. Yeah. Um, I've been asked, are there any uh, apps for finding things? Can you be a bit uh, more specific? Finding what things?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's called... Safari, <laughs> yeah. and it's called Google. <laughs> um, all right, my,
1: my picks for the current period of time are these are all games. Uh, we have Deathworm, which is currently free, or I believe it's still free. It was free the last two days. Uh, it is another one of those things like Super Mega Worm or whatever it was. Uh, Worm is actually the original one, though, so there is a bit more gameplay to it, and uh, there's a lot of it. Uh, number two, there is... Oh, he was
0: joking because you had lost your pen. Ah, yes.
1: <laughs> um, there's Nova 2, which has come out. A uh, quick review for that is, guys, if you were a huge fan of number one, they had a huge amount of chance to change it and make it something better. They have not. It is essentially the same game, just looks That's better. That's disappointing. Um, it's very disappointing, hmm. especially because they just... They had an open world now, and we all hope that now that they had the... Gamesloft now has the world behind them. Hmm. Like... Everyone will buy games Loft games because they have the most power as app store games go. But what they have to do is stop just reinventing other things. We accepted the original run of games because what they were trying to do is go, look, this can be done. Mm. And you played Nova and you were there's like, you can of, do a great first. There's actually a shooting. bunch of
0: Gameloft games that were early releases on the iPhone that I really wish they would go back and just release iPad versions of. Because mm. there's some really good games from that early period. but the enlarging doesn't work yeah. so well on them and there's a couple where I go instead of trying to do stuff like Nova 2 maybe like rehash some of that stuff they had an awesome battleship game let me tell you
1: exactly but you know? things like Nova were like hugely supported and stuff like this and apparently the online's very good i haven't actually tried that yet but um, yeah, as for a single-player experience, I think you guys just really let yourself down. You had the chance to show the world that there could be more um, for iPhone games. And this was one of those ones where it was like, it was like Halo for the Xbox. Mm. It was that thing where you were supposed to put in everything you had. And even if you don't like Halo, Halo, t- um, Halo 2, sorry, um, you can really respect it for just trying to put everything they possibly could. Mm. They pushed that console as far as it could go with that. And um, it's just a bit upsetting. Um, uh, Eye Blast Moki is a puzzle game. It involves getting cute little things and exploding them to try and fire them through holes. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Uh, Give it a try. (laughs) Um, And somehow uh, sort of really kind of calms you down. I don't know how that works. But anyway... um, Battlefield 2 Bad Company was released. It was $1.20 for a while. Um, It's pretty good. If you're obsessed with first-person shooters, the point where you would like to carry one round. grab this. It's probably the best out of a bad bunch. Um, And Dungeon Hunter 2 is a Diablo clone and is fucking incredibly, incredibly addictive. It is incredibly addictive. I am like... 14, 15 hours into it at the moment and it's just amazing. There is another app which I'm not going to review but I'm going to say to everyone in the chat room now and everyone listening to this podcast, go get Game Dev Story. This company needs to get money behind it because if they release either a second one of this or a computer version or an iPad version of this game and put more effort into it, it can be one of the probably the most successful franchises of our generation just because it is addictive, it is incredibly fun and there is no moment where you are bored when playing this game.
0: Well, I actually downloaded it. It's on my iPhone. I just haven't started it
1: yet. When you start it, it'll start. Yeah, because it'll the reason float. is because you say but, it's so um, addictive. I
0: haven't started it
1: yet. Keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled because probably by the time this is released, there will be a full review from me up. I have about 100 words left to write. So, <laughs> fair enough. Um, yes. Anyway. Um those are my uh, those are my picks for uh the period right, I'm only going to throw
0: two picks in this week. Uh, one of them is because I just had an awesome amount of fun with this the other day and as far as I am aware uh, it was free when I got it, and as far as I'm aware, it's still free, so uh, go have a look, because a sequel has just come out. Uh, the game is called Shift, and it's for iPhone. Um, now, Shift is just basically a platform game. It's all in black and white. A little man runs along, and he's got you know, obstacles to get around. What makes this game so interesting is the fact that if you reach an obstacle that is insurm- insurmountable... You hit the shift button, and it literally flips black to white and white to black, which suddenly makes you standing on different platforms. Mm. And you can continually shift all the way through it. And by shifting and jumping and leaping, you eventually get to your goal. And it's a lot of fun. And it's free uh, because of the sequel coming out. The sequel uh, costs money. Mm. So um, now I could be wrong, and they might start charging for it by now. But if it is still free, grab it. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, And the other one I wanted to mention is actually an old app. And we actually mentioned it in our uh, roundup of things that you must get straight away. But just in case you haven't got it um, or uh, you haven't looked at it lately, Skype for iPhone uh, is now a must get because they've just issued an update that has video. Mm. So you can now use Skype on the iPhone to talk to computers uh, or other phones Using the video feature. So, so much for Apple's FaceTime. Skype has now got their own video. Yeah. And this is free. Yeah. And more importantly, from what I've heard, it actually works over 3G, which FaceTime doesn't.
1: It does. Apparently, uh, the, the quality drops, apparently yeah. drops, but... Mm it's still there, you yeah. know?
0: So definitely Skype is free and is, uh, and
1: it also makes me believe that this, uh, this is the genuine guarantee that there will be a camera on the next iPad.
0: Yeah. Um, and now the, uh, interesting thing about all of this is that, um, no, I had something to say about that and I've completely forgot. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's gone out of my head. Uh, It is very important. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It's also multitask, which Mm. means you can actually – the new updates are all multitask on Skype, which means you can actually have it running in the background. So you can leave it on, and if you are expecting a Skype call, it will actually come through, even if it's not the active app in front.
1: Good, good.
0: One word of warning on that. Apparently – and I haven't done this, so I can't speak from experience – but apparently it's a battery hog. If it is running in the background, it will suck the battery dry. Now – And this is the part that I thought found really curious. The more contacts you have Hmm. in your Skype contacts list, the faster the battery goes down.
1: Wow, that needs to be fixed. Yeah,
0: so it's got something to do with the number of active contacts that are actually happening as to how fast the battery goes down. Now, I don't exactly know how that works, (laughs) (laughs) and I'd like to know, but uh, that's what I've heard. Okay? All right, so those are my two picks, and I'm only going to keep it light because I knew you had a million of them, so... Uh, All right. uh, I just thought very quickly we're going to give Epic Meal Time a break this week for Weird Geek Food. Um, I just thought uh, we were kind of pacing them video for video, and I thought you know. Rather than Give just being some an ad time. for Epic Meal Time, we're going to save them for hey, the yeah, really like, good ones. like what happens
1: if, we, if they have a week off? Then we're screwed.
0: Exactly. So we have to prove that we can do other geek food. Now, this isn't such weird geek food as just odd geek oral things. All right, and first I want to say is that there is a company, uh, not company, a, a research group uh, that has actually created a prototype for a toothpaste dispenser. Now, bear with me here. That predicts the weather.
1: <laughs> okay. now, Based on the sensation in your mouth? No, no, no. It's
0: actually, I've got a picture up for Josh to have a look at here. Um, It's huge and bulky, and it will be reduced in size, I'm sure. But basically what it is is under the desk is a device that has the different flavors of toothpaste. On the top is the dispenser, and this is all hooked into a computer, which is monitoring the weather, right? So the idea is that if it's cold weather and you hit your toothpaste dispenser, it's going to give you a cool, minty toothpaste. If it's warmer weather, it will give you a different flavor. And when it gives you the stripies, I think it's humidity or something like that so I can actually tell you you come out in the morning to brush your teeth you can actually get kind of like an idea of what the weather is going to do <laughs>
1: tastes like rain tastes like...
0: like rain it's going to give you an idea of the weather before you actually check your weather report you know
1: what I don't like this concept because if they get it wrong they'll fuck up my entire day by giving me like rainy toothpaste <laughs> and I'll get all like kitted up and then it'll be sunny yeah well they I live in Australia and I've lived in New Zealand I know that weather is just not something you can ever predict
0: that's true and especially here in Sydney where was it yesterday started yeah. really hot sunny blue sky perfect day and I thought wow it's gonna be a nice day 15 minutes later it's pouring rain and then 10 minutes later blue sunny sky it's like what the hell just happened? <laughs> and all it did was created humidity then. So, yeah. yeah, no, the weather is unpredictable. It's not summer. Where's summer? Where is summer? Um, all right. Uh, speaking of that, it's hot as hell in here. But the other one I want to talk about, and this is just a cute one, and uh, you can check the link for the picture, but I'll just say that a Japanese bakery um, has created a little yum-yum or a little nom-nom for you in the shape of a little chocolate iPhone. So, ah, <laughs> so I'm showing Josh a picture of it right here. Uh, so this, co- this uh, bakery has created these little uh, delicacies, which are uh, little chocolate iPhones. They're really cute. They're to scale. Um, and you can go... Yeah, I know. You
1: can see that in the picture. That's yeah. awesome. So
0: it's really cute. So you can go and have a look at a picture of that uh, in our show notes as well, if you want to have a look at that. And we are going to wrap this up now because we have a film show to do, but we have a thought of the day. <laughs> now... I thought Delta Knight sent this through in his list of show notes, and normally when it's just a picture of something, we can't really use it, of course, because you know it's just a picture. But this was actually uh, a picture that is just words, and I read this and I went, "Oh my god!" You know, this is just like
1: it's everything that is geek. It is
0: everything that is geek, and I thought
1: one sentence.
0: What a perfect way to finish the show off basically the sentiment is
1: so no we're matter- going to finish off straight after this no no
0: we'll say our goodbyes but basically here's the thought for you which is no matter how old you are uh and this is from i should give credit where credit is, due. This is from GeeksorSexy.com. it says no matter how old you are an empty wrapping paper tube is still a lightsaber <laughs> and i just thought that is so beautiful and that my son all the way through his growing up If it was longer than it was wide, (laughs) (laughs) it it was a lightsaber. He used to have lightsaber fights with French fries. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I just think that is our our sentiment of the day to, to finish off this week's New Look Geek actually show. Um, we do have a little bit of housekeeping that we're going to wrap this up with really quickly because I figured over the last year I was listening back over some of the shows and our housekeeping section was always way too long. <laughs> so we're going to do this really quick and really fast. And we're going to say it like this. Have your say feedback at geekactually.com we will have a new email address we'll let you know about when that is or voicemail 028011-3167. that is a Sydney number Mm. if you want to find out about our merchandise you want to follow us on Twitter you want to follow our fan page you want to do any of that sort of stuff go to geekactually.com All the links are on the front page. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can watch this show live and join our chat room like our lovely people who are there now every Saturday. Australian Eastern Standard Times or Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time, I should say, which is 12 p.m. On Saturday, works out to Friday evening in America. Mm -hmm. And we have some friends we should throw some shout-outs to, which are MovieFanHouse.com, WeekendRonan.com, and RawDLC.com. For all of their great podcast work and their podcasts are in order the movie fan cast right this instant real junkies and of course Josh DLC live.
1: Oh right, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not used to this format yet either. You're just pointing at me. I'm like, what is this the DLC? Uh, but-, but I
0: will give DLC just a little bit extra time because it is, of course, your show. So
1: yeah. DLC live, it's awesome. Go check it out.
0: And it's just started back this week as well. So yeah. you can find out more about that. Also, we just got to give a quick shout out to our cartoonist Josh Spencer. Thank you very much for our cartoons and of our cover art. It is awesome. You are a legend. Find him at AttackNinja.blogspot.com. That's it. We're out. We got a movie to share to go Oh, Josh got something else. Yep. Okay?
1: Thrill. I just thought maybe we should talk a little bit about the magazine.
0: Oh, God, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Just any, take it away. For anyone in the chat room, um, it has actually dropped off the front page, so you'll actually have to go uh, either type it it's in. Still in.
0: It's still in the panel.
1: Uh, yeah, but you can only subscribe. You can't get the first issue that way.
0: No, no, the post is still there. You can still click on it and find it for the first
2: issue. Anyway, um, the first (laughs)
1: issue of Arbiter, which is a magazine we've launched from Geek, actually, uh, is out. And uh, if you guys want to go check it out, it's a magazine which is just covering everything geeky, very similar to what we do here at um, uh, Geek. Actually, the only real difference is that uh, we're, we're pushing it a bit more cultured. We do things like art and so on and so forth, and so does he. Um, I hate I wasn't supposed to be an attack I'm trying to make my magazine sound good I'm artistic and shit (laughs) (laughs) So basically um, If you guys want to go check it out You can see the first issue It's up on the front And the second and third Will probably be available the same way Um, But there is a subscribe button At the top right hand side Of Geek Actually at the moment Yeah somewhere
0: you You Look at the front page It's on the sidebar
1: Um, so go check that out Um, the first issue was really really cool and the second issue guys please subscribe now trust me on this we have something in the works for issue 2 which is far above our pay grade, and if we can manage to get this into the article, it will be an amazing read for both you and me. Okay, so, now,
0: Cal did in chat room and said, will there be an iPad version? This is actually this, a downloadable PDF. Yes,
1: it's a PDF version, man. You can pull it straight down uh, onto the iPad. I actually read it constantly from my iPad. So, uh, yes, it and is iPad And James for,
0: from Melbourne says, "Is so this is a tangible magazine that can be bought for money. It's free.
1: It's free, dude. We're not charging for this magazine. You just go grab it. There's no hidden costs.
0: Okay, so basically you go subscribe because the next i think we decided the first three issues
1: yeah, would be available
0: th- on the site yeah and then after that uh, it will be locked so that it's only for the email subscribers that's right so uh if you just go to the site you won't see it it won't be on the rss feeds it'll mm. only be for email subscribers for the first three uh we're keeping it open so that we can get the subscribers up mm. so uh, yeah. uh so yeah do subscribe. Get, get prepared and get set up. All the subscription is basically is an email that will come to you saying that the new issue is available and the download link. Yeah. So that you can find it. Okay?
1: Yeah. Um, but yes, no, the uh, first issue is very, very cool. We've got some rants. We've got um, a bunch of film and game stuff. Uh, issue two is shaping up to be awesome. We have a lot of supporters coming up and something special that unfortunately I can't talk about because I don't want to seem stupid if we can't manage to get it. But it is looking very good at the moment. Cool.
0: And you can find all that at geekactually.com.
1: Yes. So, so Don't forget geekactually.com. It's a good site. Damn straight. Yeah.
0: You start taking my business away, I'm going to fucking cut you off. <laughs> There's so much love in this room right now. <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to get out of here. we got a film show to go. Um... Join us again next week for more weird geekiness. We have more tech news, more random events in the geek world. I'm sure we'll have lots of new stuff for us to talk about.
1: Um, every week. Oh, no. Every
0: week. And just to let you know, because there's been a lot of shifting and changing of shows over the last six months, oh. this is it. For this year, we are running these two shows. That's uh, it. The idea is to run these two shows to the ground <laughs> to the ground for the next year to see what sticks. Okay, yeah. So uh, bear with us. This is, this is our format, and uh, enjoy. And uh, we'll see you all next week.
1: I will see you probably before then.
0: Well, you will. <laughs> you know, different audience. Bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>
2: Thank <laughs> you.